freak. And uh, let's get it going. Alrighty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of the 4 No Sports Podcast. I am Matthew Lynch, here along with Christian Lentz, and I am back from my break. I went down to Clearwater, Florida to watch the Phillies play spring training. If you saw Bryce Harper hit a home run in his first at bat of spring training, pretty cool. I was there. Pretty cool. I was there. Christian, what did you do this weekend? Bruh, the new Mud Heroes promo came out, and I was grinding that ish all weekend. And then I got chilies. I had chilies. I had pregame. Nah, bro. I, I pregame for chilies when we hit 200. Man. It was a pregame. What'd you get? I got like the smokehouse trio, man. I got like a got like brisket quesadillas, got like chicken tenders, some like sausage, spicy sausage, with, like cheese in it, but that ish was bussin'. Bussin' bussin'. Bussin' bussin'. I'm getting the spicy shrimp tacos when we go. I don't know what I want, man. I get my license Friday. Or I go for it. Alrighty, let's jump into our headlines. So, number one, probably the biggest one, Dak Prescott agrees to a four-year, $160 million deal, $126 million guaranteed, the most in NFL history in any contract. And uh, what's your take on it? Um, and I don't really know. For a guy coming off of the injury that he did, um, that's a lot of uh, – it's kind of like a – I'm trying to think of the word. It's like it's like a high standard. Like I don't know if he's gonna really recover or get any better. Like we don't know how he's gonna play, obviously since his ankle injury. You know. Um if it works out, it's a good move, but I I think kinda negatively of it because I really feel like Dak I'm hoping that he returns to like normal form, but I don't know. I think Dak's low key overrated and I don't think he really deserves as much money as he's getting. He's getting 40 like 40 million a year with like the biggest signing bonus like are you like mm-hmm. I don't deserve it especially for like the fact the Cowboys are making the playoffs like twice in a sense yeah well, they definitely have like an unbelievable amount of trust in him for some reason I mean obviously he's a reliable quarterback he had a ton of passing yards even when he had his injury he was he was still leading in passing yards like three weeks after that like he was doing really well I think this is Probably could have been his best year, but he got hurt, unfortunately. And, um, I mean, he was the backup for Tony Romo, and he ended up taking the starting spot. Now he's, like, top ten quarterback in the league when he's completely healthy, in my opinion. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a good sign. That's just assuming he comes back and plays the way he did in the first few weeks this past season. So, I'm um, hoping he does. Yeah. But, um, a lot of his like garbage time, and to be fair, he didn't have he probably the league's second worst defense in the in the league. Um, I just I don't know. I don't really know if the Cowboys made the right move here. I probably would have maybe tagged them again or something because I don't know. But I guess they got their guy for now, so. Let's see, what, mm-hmm. see what he does. Another headline, number one Gonzaga continues to surge at 24-0. They're going to try to become the first wire-to-wire number one seed. Um, if you don't know what wire-to-wire is, it's just, just number one seed all the way throughout the season and eventually going to win the national championship. So if they win the national championship year this year, then they'd be the second team to do that, except for uh, 2015 Kentucky, which had like Devin Booker. Willie Cauley Stein, people like that, and um, they have a really good. They have a really good team these past, I guess, like six, seven years. Like before that, I had no idea who they were, but then they're just very good every year. And Duke is Duke ended up with their first losing season in I think like twenty, thirty years. Like it's they're they had a bad year. But that's that's besides the point. And Gonzaga is a really good team, and I think they have the potential to win it all. So. Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie, who EDP absolutely despises, <laughs> is set on building around Jalen Hurts. Do you think that is a good call from him? Do you think that's a good move? Um, um, 
Drew's draft. Um, they used to had him taken a lineman and or like a defensive guy, like a linebacker, which they need. Um, I think it's a good mood to stick with Hurts, but I think they need to get him more weapons that Hurts can excel. Like maybe the linebacker position is not like a. It's like maybe it's a more pressing need because I don't watch Eagles games, but from the Ravens Eagles game, the receivers were a big issue uh, when I watched that game. Um, yeah, but, they're relying on like an extremely injury prone Deshaun Jackson to get the job done for their their quicker receiver end. And team anymore. I just see a bunch of they they throw to tight ends almost every pass play, Ertz or Goddard, and it, yeah, they needed to they need I think they need to get Jamar Chase in my opinion. But here's what they'll do. They need to get Devontae Smith or uh, Chase, either one of those yeah. guys. Um, but we'll see what they do in the draft. Mm-hmm. Warriors interested in acquiring Oladipo, Victor Oladipo from the Rockets. Now you're a Warriors fan, so let's hear what you got to say about that. Um, <clears throat> depending on who we give up, I wouldn't mind this trade. The problem I have with Oladipo is that he is on an expiring deal. He is a very great. He's a good defender. I like mm-hmm. Oladipo. It's much better than the Porzingis offer because Oladipo still. I think he's only like 27 or something like that. Um. You know, um, I don't know who they want to give up. <clears throat> Maybe like Wiggins or Ubre. Um, he's 28 years old. I think he's good. I think he's averaging like 25 a game or something like that right now, which is really good. And I think he's the scoring boost. I remember I was watching the Trailblazers game, and, I, and they had the Warriors had two people in double figures in that game. And it was, mm-hmm. I think it was Andrew Wiggins, and I think it was Ken Bazemore. And then Curry had like 30, 37. And Curry just needs That's, help. Yeah. Curry <laughs> needs help. Um, I'm, I mean, Uber didn't play, but they've been so inconsistent. I think they need a reliable scoring option who can be there. I think he'll even be there when Clay gets back. So I, I don't know who they get would want to give up. But I'd say if they want to make this trade, they should, and I wouldn't be too opposed against it. Mm-hmm. So, Oladipo right now for the Rockets is averaging 20 points, 4.7 assists, and 5 rebounds. And, I mean, he's always been a good player. He was, he was, he, like, he's never been, like, standout. I mean, like an MVP, like, candidate is what I meant. But he was good in Orlando for the time he was there, and then, Indiana for the time he was there, and now he's still playing well for the Rockets. I mean, I don't think it really matters what team he's on. I think he can excel anywhere. And uh, I think you, you put an actual like championship team around cha- championship team around him, then he can like lead a team through the playoffs. Honestly, because he was kind of he was doing really well on in uh, Indiana, and they got rid of him. I, I don't I don't know why they did, did that in the first place, but I think this would be a good move for the Warriors considering their kind of a tear down since the loss of Thompson and stuff. Just a, not as good as a team. And uh, I think they could use them. Yeah. So, Eagles may trade Zach, or no. Eagles may trade Zach Ertz in the next few days. Where do you think he'll go? Or where would he fit best? I really don't know. Maybe like the Patriots. I feel like he would fit with the Patriots and like their scheme. But I think mm-hmm. the Patriots are already locked in already locked in the cockpits. That'd be a pretty nice tight end core if they trade for Ertz. Um I really don't know. Like maybe uh maybe the Bears, maybe the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Um it's all it's like the only options I can really think about. We really need a tight end. Like that's for me. For me, I said Seattle because they could just use that at the at position. New Orleans or not New Orleans? Uh, New England, like you said, also. Uh, Jacksonville is there an up and coming team and they're building up and they could use a good uh, tight end. 
And he definitely is one. And then Indianapolis, because him and Carson Wentz had a really good connection in Philly for a long time, and I think they could do that again in Indianapolis. So that's just a couple of spots he could go, but who knows. Mm-hmm. That There really hasn't been any talk about where he's going to go. That's just complete, like, me me thinking about different schemes that he could fit into, but... I think this is played So, the Nets signed Blake Griffin for the remainder of the 2021 season. My question for you is, will the Brooklyn Nets win the finals now? Um... um that prediction is looking really good that you made uh, in the in the preseason. Uh, yeah, told if you probably if you probably would have told me that the Nets would have James Harden and Blake Griffin on their team, I would be like, "Wow, this team is definitely going to win the championship." Um, I think Philly could still give them a run for their money, especially if they go inconsistent, which they they're on a they're on a hot streak right now. Um, mm-hmm. they've been nine and one over their last ten, which is crazy good. Um, I think they might even take the one seed from the Sixers soon, but I think the Sixers could hang with them because the Sixers have one thing that the Nets truly lack, and that's a true center who can mm-hmm. block shots and get rebounds. And Philly's defense is really good. I think it's really underrated. Um, I was actually um, talking to some people about why Ben Simmons is the defensive player of the year, and he has, he has decent st- statistics. But he does a lot more on the court, apparently, from what I've heard from people. But um, I don't know. I think Brooklyn is probably the favorite to win now. They've always been my favorite to win. But like you said, like I don't think DeAndre Jordan can match up in the finals with people like, say, Rudy Gobert and the Jazz make it to the finals. There's that. Say, Nicole Jokic and the Nuggets make it to the finals. There's that. Say Anthony Davis gets healthy again with the Lakers and they make it to the finals. Like Blake Griffin's the closest thing they have to a true big man right now. I mean, DeAndre Jordan is on the older side and he hasn't been playing like amazing. He just gets a lot of rebounds and blocks and stuff. So they do need that still. But Blake Griffin's a good addition to build onto that, I think. And uh, they're still my favorite to win it. So I'll say yes. Bryson DeChambeau wins his eighth PGA Tour title at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Did you see that um, that video on SportsCenter on the Instagram? And he hit it across the lake, like 350 yards. I did not follow SportsCenter on Instagram. Oh. But. Well, he's an absolute beast, and he hit like a absolutely amazing shot on the par four and it was like 350 oh, yards wow. across the lake when everyone else was going around the lake he went straight over it and it was pretty cool and he's definitely like the top golfer right now right behind dustin johnson and my last headline washington football team releases alex smith is this a good move or not it frees up cap it definitely frees up cap for them but is it a good is it a good move considering Taylor Heineke may need a mentor, a veteran mentor? I think it's a good move. Um, Alex Smith, that's a great story. I feel yeah. like all good stories have to come to an end. And in my opinion, Alex Smith, um, yeah, he won Comeback Player of the Year, but he really didn't play that great. Like, he helped the football team get uh, wins. Um, but I just, like, he's 36, he's only going to get older, and he's, he had injury issues towards the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just old, and I think Heineke is the, might be the future, but I think they might be able to get somebody like Mac Jones, maybe, in the draft, if they really wanted to, to be, like, that future guy, because Heineke. 28 or like 29 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's definitely talented. Uh, I mean, if you weren't trying to save up cap, I'd say you could keep him like a veteran mentor thing for Heineke. But when it comes to freeing up cap and 
actually like focusing on the next big quarterback in Washington. I think that's a good move for them. Mm-hmm. All right, Christian, now on with your headlines. <clears throat> All right, you. Um, the Hall of Fame, uh, National Basketball Hall of Fame, announces 14 finals for the class of 2021 Hall of Fame class. Uh, the headliners for this are Chris Bosh and Paul Pierce. Um, there were a lot of college coaches because a lot, I think what some people don't know is that the Basketball Hall of Fame is like all of basketball. It's like college coaches, players, a bunch of mm-hmm. people in it. Um, mm-hmm. um, how do you feel about Paul Pierce and Chris Bosh? Chris Bosch being uh, the headliners for the Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, they both had amazing careers. They both won rings. Paul Pierce was great in Boston, and Chris Bosch was great in Miami. I mean, they were both part of a super team, and uh, I mean, it may not have been all of them, but they definitely both had great careers and are well-known players around the league. So I think they definitely deserve it. Um, I agree. Um. I, a lot of people don't understand how good Chris Bosh really was. He was kind of like the blame guy on the Heat. But when he was on the Raptors, he was really good. And also when if they, LeBron wouldn't have won the championship if it wasn't for Chris Bosh getting the rebound. Rebound Bosh, back down. Bang. Bang. Um, yeah. I like Paul Pierce, although his analyst takes are terrible, in my opinion. Um, as he said, he was a better... Wing shooter than Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, Chris Bosh was like close to the end of his career in Miami. Like he wasn't like, I mean, he was in the second half of his career. Like, and he was just part of that team. He was still like a really good player. But like, he had like a prime LeBron and like a prime D Wade. So, I mean, I wouldn't say you put that whole team on his shoulders, but he definitely was an asset. Well, yeah. He was- and they basically turned him from a post-up guy into like a three-point We had to embrace a new role. Role, and also he'd probably still be in the league in his later years if it wasn't for him getting blood clots and being forced to retire. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. they both deserve it. And Paul Pierce is one of the faces of the Celtics, many faces of that franchise. And I think Chris Bosh uh, deserves a lot more respect. Um, yeah, I agree. And then you get Paul Pierce. He was also part. Also, a slight asset to a super team. You had Garnett, Rondo, Pierce, and uh, Allen, I believe, at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he won a ring with them, and he he played well. I mean, and he went on to be just a well-known player. He went to Los Angeles. He went to the Clippers for a little bit, and uh, that's where he that's where he ended it. And good career. Yeah, he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so Simmons and Embiid, as most of you guys know, they didn't play in the All-Star game because they, their contract tracing, uh, led them to someone who had COVID. Yeah, um, sucks. Yeah, and they're going to miss the second half of their first All-Star, the first game after the All-Star break. Uh, they're going to miss that game. And, uh, do you think that the Sixers will... I don't know. Well, in this game, like, do you think that they'll get blown out, or like, how do you think? How do you think they're gonna fare without Simmons and Embiid? Well, I believe what mostly worries about me about that is Embiid, because obviously he's like the front runner for the MVP right now. And uh, I mean, they play the, they play the Bulls their first game back, so I mean, not a great team. I believe they could do they could still win a game. I don't believe their whole team is done for once they lose Simmons and Embiid, but. They'll probably be diminished a little bit, and then they play. They play the Bulls and the Wizards their first two games back, so they can still win those games without Simmons and Embiid. They'll they'll be diminished a little bit. Um, if they're playing teams like the Nets and the I don't know the Bucks or something, then I'd be more worried for them. But uh, Bulls and the Wizards, I'm I think they'll be fine. Yeah, they played actually, so I got it right. Um, yeah, I think they'll be fine. They still have, like, Tobias Harris, Shake Millen, Seth Curry, you know, yeah. those mm-hmm. guys. So I think they could probably squeeze out a win and then get them back and continue to win. Um, yeah. 
My next headline is Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, expects arenas to be relatively full next season. How do you feel about this? Good. I'm glad stuff's starting to get back to normal. And uh, actually, uh, someone sent me something about half an hour ago that uh, Maryland's opening up their stuff to 50%, and Orioles are have yet to like come out that with what their seating will be like, but I believe they'll have fans back, and that's good for me because I really want to go watch a game. As I do. Mm-hmm. I think this is good. <laughs> I'm glad that he wants the arena's full. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'll be glad to see it. I hate the empty, empty stadium and the uh, empty arenas. And uh, I hope to see it full again. I just, uh, in my opinion, it's just, it kills the vibe of the NBA, you know, like when you have to hear like like a, a cool dunk. Like imagine the Timberwolves fans after the Anthony Edwards dunk and how yeah. wild it would have been. Or like all the buzzer beaters and stuff like that. And like all the highlights that happened. Like it just doesn't feel like it kind of mm-hmm. just feels like a normal game, like a game at like Calvert Park or like you said like your local rec center. That's just like Yeah not that loud, you know, and it, it's been kind of boring, and I think having fans is such a massive part of, not only like a revenue thing, but um, also just you know, just being there and like the energy that it brings the players and stuff like that, like if I was a player, I would love to have fans, because like I feel like I'd be motivated by like the cheers and stuff like that, and even like some of the boos, you know mm-hmm. but that's my, that's my opinion on it. Um, yeah, but uh, my next headline, uh, it's a bunch of franchise tags. So the Bears franchise Allen Robinson, franchise tag Allen Robinson after he literally said that he didn't want to play for the Bears anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a bad move. It's like Deshaun Watson on the Texans, but good for their organization, I guess. Whatever. I think he might be traded soon if it gets bad enough. Because if he's unhappy with the Bears, then um, I don't really know what, what to say. They basically just wasted a tag on a guy unless they're going to trade him. Uh, so yeah. Of the notable tags, no tags. Um, Aaron Jones did not get tagged by, uh, by the Packers. But um, honestly... I don't really think this is a. I don't really think this is like a big deal for the Packers. They have, isn't AJ Dillon right? Yep, he's an animal. He is an animal. Um, uh, I believe the Packers will still attempt to re-sign him, but Miami Dolphins look like his biggest landing spot right now. Um, and apparently the Packers also franchise tagged Dak Prescott. Even though they locked him up for four years and 160 million, huh. um, it's kind of kind of weird. Um, also bad for the Allen Robinson thing. I heard I saw a lot of A Rod to be more uh, stuff, and that that's dead. I mean, he can still get traded. You never know what's going to happen. If As of now, though, it's not looking good. Well, now it's Kenny Gotti the bottom. Ah, okay. That so Saints. Tag Marcus Marcus Williams, Broncos tag Justin Simmons, Carolina Panthers tag Taylor Morton or Moton, more mm-hmm. I don't know that's the name. New York, New York Jets uh, tag Marcus May, Giants tag Leonard Williams, uh, Washington Football Team tags Brendan Schreff, Buccaneers tag Chris Godwin, which also sucks as a Ravens fan. Jacksonville Jaguars tag. Cam Robinson, there's Alan Robinson. We know this. Some notable, four notable people who weren't tagged. Yannick Ngakwe. Kind of wish that we tagged him. I hope we get him back. I really think that he has a lot of potential because he's only 25. I think you can get him for kind of cheap, though. You can resign him for cheap. Yeah, I hope he comes back. Um, mm-hmm. Though I, I, like, I would love that. And then also, uh, Kenny Galladay was not franchise tagged. I think I'm forgetting. I think I'm forgetting someone. Um, 
Oh, Hunter Henry wasn't franchise tagged either. And I think yeah. he did the tag because he's a great tight end. He said he wanted to be on a team with a good QB. Now, Justin Herbert, okay, so for the longest time, even Phillip Rivers' time, Chargers are a freaking pass-heavy team. So, like, I see why Justin Herbert got as many yards as he did. I still believe he's a good QB, but I get where Hunter Henry's coming from. He wants to be on, like, a complete team where they don't just throw Justin Herbert every single play. So I get where he's coming from, but I don't think it's I don't think it'd be necessary to call him a bad QB because he's definitely getting the job done with what he's got, considering how many pass attempts he had this past year for a rookie season. And uh I mean Hunter Henry's a good tight end, so we'll see where he ends up. I mean the problem I have with that logic is that Harvard was not one of the one of the reasons why they lost. Not only was it the terrible play calling of Anthony Lynn, um, it was also them just choking games and some kicker that you have that's named the Money Badger missing kicks, and that's a terrible nickname. So <laughs> that's why he misses kicks. Um, Is that all your franchise tag stuff? Yeah, it's all my franchise tag stuff, and uh, I think that Hunter Henry's kind of. Stupid for not wanting to go back to the Chargers. I think the Chargers could be really good. Mm-hmm. Not not like next year, but in like two or three. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's briefly talk about the All Star Game and the little uh, games they had in it, like the three point contest and the dunk contest. So, All Star Game, Team LeBron defeats Team Durant one seventy to one fifty. My take, I personally just don't like the All Star Game in general. Like, I like defense. I don't like just shooting threes in the logo the entire game. But, I mean, that was definitely the most entertaining thing of the of the All-Star weekend. But mm, I, just, I just saw a bunch of highlights of just logo threes. I mean, I didn't really see anything else. Yeah, mine's not too uh, I like the uh, the All-Star game last year was so good, especially when it came down. I like the new rule, but this year, it also kind of sucked because Team Durant did absolutely terrible at drafting. The team the was just absolutely stacked. Yeah. Um, you know, I just – I wish it would have been, like, competitive because, like, that last quarter in the All-Star game last year was crazy. It was so it was so good. It's like they had to end all, all in a free throw, but it was so good. But, like, this year, Damian Lillard just pulled up from half court and made it, and that was the game. Yeah. And also... There's too much of that. I like... I don't disagree with Giannis winning the All-Star game MVP, but he really didn't... All he did was he dunked the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's like the only dunk in the game. That's the thing. I, that's what I was getting at. Like, there's so many threes being shot. Like, a decent dunk could win you the MVP. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like no. I feel Definitely. like Curry and Lillard were just more entertaining, and just like they, I think they like are labeled like Giannis was going try hard. He was like that 99 in the rec center and on 2K who just like dropped yes. 60. Like, bro, like nobody cares. Go play like pro am, you know, but. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I'd rather I'd rather see someone get dunked on like hard than see a logo three like eight times in a row. You know, it's just but like that's really impressive. Like, just consistent. Yeah, I mean, I'm not throwing shade at it, but I just I just wasn't enjoyable to watch for me. I don't know. Well, watching Curry on the same team was fun to watch. That was really fun to watch, in my opinion. So um, now onto the three point contest. Your boy Steph Curry won it. Yeah. Uh, elaborate on it. It was good. It was it was a really good three point contest. Mike Conley showed out. Um, Jalen Brown uh, bricked. Um, everybody did like really good. I, I my favorite was obviously Curry, just because he hits like 153s in a row in like practice or some some crazy number, and. Con- Conley did really good. I, w- I w- it was either him or Mike Conley that I wanted to win. I love Mike Conley. I think he's extremely underrated. And last shot, Curry, it was 20, 27. There was 27 to 28. Conley was up by one. And then Curry is on his last ball and he drills it. 
to win the contest, and that was, that was awesome. Like, I think the three-point contest, don't debate me, uh, or don't, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but in my opinion, it's not. Even like this here, I think the three-point contest was the best thing in the All-Star game this year, because uh, mm. it, was, it felt like, it felt like they were actually like trying, like, they're, sh- they're shooting the ball, and it was really competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of the best things, I agree. So, now onto the dunk contest. The winner was Anthony Simmons from the Portland Trailblazers. I, I didn't watch this one, but I heard, <laughs> I heard on social media that this was abysmal. I heard it was not fun to watch at all. Uh, yeah, oh, I watched it either. I watched the dunks. It was gas, but without the G. Nice. Um, the problem I had with it is, I mean, OB Toppin did all right. I think Toppin or Cassius Stanley deserved to win it. I think they, the what the judges were terrible. I've heard like the judges were terrible. I think I think uh, Dylan told me that the highest dunk got rated like a forty-four. It wasn't a 50, which is terrible. Like, the dunk contest has not been good. I thought last year's dunk contest was pretty good, except that Aaron Gordon probably got robbed. And it hasn't really been good since 2016, in my opinion. Um, But, like, they only... I feel like they only made Anthony Simons win because he's, like, six foot three and has, like, a 44-inch vertical. Like, dude, like, just because a small guy can jump, or, like, a guy who's, like, six foot, or just, like, a point guard that can jump, like, that doesn't mean that they deserve to win it. I thought Cassius Stanley and Obi Toppin had better dunks. And when you have people who haven't even made a dunk in NBA game... (laughs) I have no idea who Anthony Simmons is. Well, Simon's dunked it. It was Cassius Stanley who uh, didn't. He hasn't dunked the ball in the NBA yet. But oh yeah, did he just come out of Michigan State like this past year? And he hasn't like played. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe. some some like that. But just like this is like the dollar store. I think I'd rather watch a W. Dunk contest or like the high school dunk contests. Maybe some Walmart aisle nineteen. It was and then like no fans made it so bad. Like it's so bad that there was like barely any fans there because like nobody got hyped. All the announcers were like, "Oh, he dunked the ball." Yeah, like these past years, like I mean, obviously you couldn't have a bunch of people there, but you see everyone there. They got their phones out, get the flashes on. They go crazy once someone makes a huge dunk, and it's just like a much. Fun, more fun thing to watch, but uh, when the players, like, uh, too, nice dunk, like, you know, the players are there celebrating. I love when the players get all hype, like when uh, when yeah. and then they had props like Christian Yelich was like, like one of the like props that Pat Connaughton used. Um, yeah, yeah, Aaron Gordon dunked over Taco Fall, yeah, like stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I get that it's like a tough year and all that stuff, but like that, those are things that just make the dunk contest better. And also, like mo- bigger names, like exactly when he dunk when he was in the dunk contest, he wasn't like like a, as big of a name as he was this year. I think mm-hmm. I'm in the dunk contest, but I'm not sure. I think he declined it. Um, but like, I just I don't I don't get it. I don't get. I I just I, I don't know. Makes it's just like what 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 the hell? Like I didn't I didn't know halftime of the All Star game was gonna make me fall asleep mm-hmm. watching the dunk contest. I agree. So my question to you is, how do you feel about the All Star All Star weekend overall? What would you grade it from a one to ten? This year, or just overall. No, what's your, what do you, how do you feel about the All Star Weekend this year overall from a one to ten? Okay, um, this year I'd probably say it's like a three out of ten. The All Star Game was really boring. I didn't even watch the All Star Game. That's how boring it was. I knew it was, it was just going to be like a clap fest by LeBron, Team LeBron. Um, 
And when Durant, uh, captain on the team, doesn't even play, it's like, what's the point of calling it Team Durant? Like, literally, the captain opted. At, like, he he's injured. Like, captain, there's no captain, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But the three-point contest was good. The skills challenge was pretty good. The skills challenge was always fun. I think it's underrated, too. The dunk contest was terrible. The fact they did it all in one night is bad, too. I think yeah. It, I liked how they did it where it was like the all-star game on one day and then it was like the three-point contest dunk and skills challenge all on like another, like on, the, on a different day. Because it probably mm-hmm. made more space out. It felt like really crammed. And I yeah. hope they did it again, but I think it was because of like COVID stuff because they didn't want to like have people there for like too many days and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I had graded like a six, five... It just wasn't enjoyable as it always is. So, yeah, over, so overall, what? I'd rate the offense and look at like it's it's like a seven out of ten. You know, it's like it's like Western relaxation. You know, it's not it's like basketball just without like all the competitiveness. It's like kind of it, for the players to relax and it's just good for the players. And it's good for the league. It generates a lot of revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as much as people hate on it, they definitely get a lot of like views from it so like they definitely get money off of it which they need and then the players get rest and then you can start the second half of the season so that's always good yeah, yeah. so now let's go on to the NBA team's playoff chances but it's only the top three in each conference so let's start with the Eastern Conference so Philadelphia 76ers is the one seed right now explain to me their chances of winning the finals this year and why um I really think it comes down to how well Philly can contain Brooklyn's offense and if they can capitalize on Brooklyn's weaker defense. I think a lot of people will forget that even though they have all this offensive firepower, that they have a pretty weak defense in t- on the interior and uh, maybe even on the perimeter too. Um, the Brooklyn team kind of reminds me of the five seconds or less uh, Phoenix Suns with Marcelo and Steve Nash, except Steve Nash is the coach, except they don't go in five seconds. It's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. Dan Tony, who coached Nash, is now the assistant coach with Nash yeah. coaching. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think Philly, it really matters if Ben Simmons has a better second half of the season and how he does in the playoffs. I think this team has a good shot to win still. It really just depends about how much they want it and if they don't choke. They always seem to choke in the playoffs when they're the favorites sometimes. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it really just depends about how well they can lock up other teams and how consistent they can be offensively. Well, Philly tends to choke, but this is definitely their best team yet. You got, you got Seth Curry on the outside who's shooting over 50% from the field. Uh, Embiid, who's a MVP candidate, as we all know. Ben Simmons, who is the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year, but I think he needs to have a better offensive season. And um, you like Shake Milton and... Uh, who the other one is? God, what's his name? Oh, um, Danny Green, who, needs to shoot, who just needs to shoot well. That's honestly like, all he's there for. And uh, I, I, can never, I can never predict them in the playoffs. I just never know. But I personally believe they're behind the Nets in the Eastern Conference for me and the chances to make the finals. But they definitely are extremely extreme powerhouse team in the Eastern Conference, and they can definitely beat Brooklyn. So it really just depends on how they play because they're always hard to predict. Speaking of Brooklyn, that's the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. What's their – for me, their chances of making the finals are extremely heavy, especially with the addition of Blake Griffin. And then you have Durant, Irving, Harden, and uh, DeAndre Jordan, who's a good rebounder and stuff like that. But I think they need another powerhouse center. But uh, you have to really rely on the starters there because their bench isn't too hot. But they definitely have the highest chance for me in the Eastern Conference to make the finals. But uh, I want to see how Blake Griffin plays first to completely get set on that. 
These teams, those teams probably the obvious favorite to win. Maybe win the finals, but probably to make the finals coming out of the East. Um, I think they could easily snatch the one seed from the Sixers. I think they will snatch the one seed from the Sixers, but I think the Sixers will have the two seed locked down. I think the one, two, three seed uh, are, are three seeds are locked down um, in the Eastern Conference. But I think Brooklyn's key is Durant staying healthy because he has not been he has not been on the court a lot this year. And honestly, they've been playing very good without Durant. But like, I mean, you have Kyrie Irving and James Harden on the same team, and they've been really good teammates. Point guard James Harden has been. I love watching James Harden at the point guard. He's he's good. He's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. I just. If they are all, like, on a hot streak, like, if this team gets on a hot streak at the right time, like, nobody is going to be able to beat this team. Like, literally nobody is going to be able to beat this team. Um, and I kind of want to see Brooklyn win it because Brooklyn, they, they're kind of known, they were known as the laughing stock of the NBA, and now um, they want to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the three seed in the Eastern Conference is the Milwaukee Bucks, who have had kind of a down year this year compared to last year and the year before that, actually. But they're probably last in my top three to make the finals. Not, not really a powerhouse. They're playing well, but just not as well as they were. And they couldn't even make the finals when they were playing that well before. So I don't think they'll make it, but they're still doing well. I don't really know what to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Dunk Boy, a.k.a. Giannis, um, mm-hmm. he's developed a jumper fast. I think this team's on, like, the downtrend, honestly. Yeah. Of course, they haven't had Drew Holiday for some of the year with COVID and stuff. Um, but Milwaukee, they're, they are a very confusing team. Like, sometimes they'll beat a team by, like, 40, and then they'll get beat by, like, 25 by a different team. Like, this team's really inconsistent. Giannis has been good. I feel like Giannis gets a lot more, like, a lot of a lot of hate that's not really wanted. I kind of just contradicted myself because I just called him, like, Dunk Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Middleton kind of needs to step it up. Middleton has not been playing, like, up to that contract, which is not good. And, uh... Yeah. I think their their bench is terrible. This was not good, at least. DiVincenzo, Dante DiVincenzo, was supposed to have like a breakout year this year. He's having a te- he's having a disappointing year this year, mm-hmm. and that's putting it lightly. But uh, I think any one of these teams could make it. But I think Milwaukee's definitely on the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to making it. Like you said, like they have the break in the finals. Now to the Western Conference. So the number one seed, the Utah Jazz, who is playing absolutely outstanding this year, they they're they're they really get chemistry on that team, but I'm not sure how far that would take them into the playoffs because if you watch basketball, you know the Utah Jazz don't have a a trend of going deep into the playoffs. They're usually a first round exit and stuff like that. Like they don't have that experience. But I feel like they could might make a run, but this is hard to predict too because no one expected them to be this good this year, but no one knows how good they're doing in the playoffs. So I mean they're twenty seven and nine right now. They have a seven fifty one percentage is pretty good. It's pretty pretty balling. But I think they're second in the West for me. To be able to make the playoffs or the finals, but if Mitchell and Gobert play well, that's really all they need, honestly. And you have like Joe Ingles and stuff like that. It's just like they don't have that crazy good team, but they have extremely good chemistry from what I've seen. So um, I'm not really sure where to put them, but I don't know. I really don't know. 
I think this might not be conference finals this year. Oh, really? I think there'll be a second. Yeah, because they had the trend of being a first or second round exit, but the that's one, where I see that's where I see it happening. But the one thing, the one problem I have is, and it's all this year. It's it should two game losing streak right now. Donovan Mitchell needs to be able to be consistent, and I'm not talking about Bubble Donovan Mitchell. Bubble Donovan Mitchell was consistent. Against the Sixers in a game, which I'd probably say was a little bit favored by the refs for the Sixers. Donovan Mitchell, I think he had like 35 points on like 33 shots, which is terrible. Absolutely terrible. Mm. I'm looking up right now. He had 33 points on 34 shots, so he took more shots than he had points. Um, which is it's it's which is just crazy. I don't understand. Gobert, I think he's been all right this year. I mean, I think he I think he started in the or I think he's in the All Star game. I think he didn't start, but he, I think he made the All Star team. Yeah, Conley's been good. He's had a really good bounce back year from last year. But Bogdan Bogdanovic or yeah, be a Bogdan Bogdanovic, I think. Those two people are really confusing because they have really similar names. Um, But this team, I just... Team chemistry usually wins out. And I want the Jazz to, like, do good because I like the way the Jazz play basketball and I feel like they get a lot of hate. Yeah. Because LeBron literally said no one uses the Jazz in 2K. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I just, I can't see this team. Like, I want them to prove me wrong, and I want to look like an idiot because I want somebody else to be a front runner in the West or like yeah. the finals team in the West. Um, but well, I think you and I are in the same like mindset right now. Like, I I think they'll do well, but they just don't have they have a history of not doing well in the playoffs. So yeah, I just. Uh, it seems really hard to predict too. They're kind of like the they're kind of like the Bucks. They can be really hot at times. They can be really inconsistent. But like the Jazz are less inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So now on to the second seed in the West, it's Phoenix Suns. Now they have Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Jameson Crowder, uh, Cameron Johnson, who has COVID right now, but a good rookie. Um, they're pretty good on paper, I'll say, and they're having a great year. But just like the Jazz, actually a little bit different. They don't have they have little to no playoff experience on that team. DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, um, and uh, Cameron Johnson, like they have no playoff experience. The only person with playoff playoff experience is Chris Paul and Jameson Crowder. And those are two older guys that are not going to be able to carry a playoff team against teams like the Lakers with LeBron, AD, and like people like that. So I don't see them. I see the Jazz doing better than them in the playoffs, but still a good team and still have room to grow because they're a young team. But I don't see them going far in this year's playoffs. I really want this I think make a run for it. I think. They will make the Western Conference Finals. Oh. Um, they have a chance to... I don't know. Like the, All these three teams are so similar. Like they, there's not really, I don't think there's like a really a favorite in my... At least in my perspective. In my opinion. Uh, Phoenix, they have... Cameron Johnson's not a rookie, by the way. Um, he's in the second year. The second year? Oh, okay. Out of the year, okay. Hey, it's all good. I know. Like, man, I I don't know half the prospects the Orioles have, so you know. Yeah. Um. I think the Suns they can make a run. I think Aiden's a really good big man. I think he's extremely underrated. I think he gets a lot of disrespect. 
Like, people say he's a bad number one overall pick, but I think that he is a great guy. He gets boards. He, I think, can shoot a little bit. He cannot. He, he does it all. He's a he's a he's a good center for the modern NBA. Um, Chris Paul has been playing good. Um, Booker's been playing. He's been he's been kind of like eh, like he's been good, but like he hasn't been as good as we thought he was. He hasn't been bubbled up in Booker, but maybe Booker will like turn on the like he'll flip a switch in the in the playoffs and the and the Suns will go like sixteen and zero, like they went eight and zero in the bubble, like they won't lose a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it seems really complete though. I think they got a well-rounded team, kind of like the Jazz. So, what's your take on them going far in the playoffs? I think it could happen. I think they could make the finals. I think they could win the finals. Well, maybe not win the finals. It depends on who they're going against in the finals. So that would make me determine if they could win or not. Mm-hmm. But Phoenix's offense—it's really good, and I think that they—I think they have a shot. We can make it. All right. And now on to the three seed in the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers, who I personally believe will make the finals for the Western Conference because they have, they're the team with the most playoff experience on their team, led by LeBron. If AD's back, I think they definitely have a higher chance. You got Dennis Schroeder, Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, Caldwell Pope, Davis, like I said, Marcus Saul, and Caruso. And Taylor Horton, Tuck, Taylor Horton Tucker, who are both young. So, I believe that they will make the finals in the Western Conference. Um, I, that's kind of like a bold take, in my opinion. I you think they have significant holes in their roster. Um, their offense could be pretty lackluster at times. I do not think LeBron is a top three MVP candidate. I yes, he plays without Anthony Davis. I get the ass to carry more. Curry's doing the same thing with slightly worse weapons. You know, obviously mm-hmm. Curry's not the third seed. You know, but I'm not. I'm not trying to like talk about who's going to win the MVP. <clears throat> I think that the Lakers, like the Nets, do not have a true big man. Like a center, center big man. Anthony Davis is great. He's a top seven player in the NBA. Yeah. I. I just these three teams right now they would play the Denver Nuggets, and I think the Denver Nuggets would do very, very well against them. They might even be able to upset them if they played right now. Mm-hmm. I just. I think this team. Is going to make the conference finals. But I think Phoenix or Utah might be able to just outplay them if they make it. Yeah. It really depends on what AD does. Or if he comes back, I mean. Maybe, uh, Clippers. Maybe the Clippers can outplay them, too. I think the Clippers have a chance, too. Maybe even the Blazers, too, as well. That's bold. Blazers. Blazers, man. If Lillard, when they get McCollum back, they're gonna be they're gonna be good. They're gonna be even better than they are right now. Like they're gonna be a good team. All right. So, where you have you have who you have going farthest in the West? Los Angeles, Phoenix, or Utah? Uh, I would love to say, but like I, I think the easy choice would be the Lakers. But I'm gonna say. I'm going to say the Suns. I'm going to say the Suns are going to make the finals, actually. Uh, I have the Lakers as off experience and just how I think they'll play. That's when he's somebody with experience. hard to see in LeBron in the finals. Lakers is a safe choice for me, but. Yeah. Just going off LeBron and stuff, but. It's like an eight year old saying it, but whatever. All right, now we got a couple questions to end this thing off. So, will the Seahawks be any good next year? The Seattle Seahawks. Um, my answer is, I think they'll be decent. I think they'll get like ten wins, probably, if they don't trade Russell Wilson. It really depends. Yeah, about yeah. What they do about this Russell Wilson situation. If they do not tend the Russell Wilson and he gets pissed. 
I think that they could do a lot worse. I think that they could probably go like 4-12 and 12 if Russell Wilson gets traded or if he just refuses to play. Because you have Geno Smith as your starting quarterback. <laughs> if Russell Wilson doesn't play. And well, I'm going to figure that out quick so that they could draft someone. If well, yeah, but like I think they're stuck with Wilson right now because like, they don't know if they need, need the like get his replacement, or they could probably just tank for the next best QB prospect and the next draft that Wilson gets traded, because they'll get a lot of draft capital for him. But For me, I believe if they trade Russell Wilson, they'll get like four wins. And then if they keep him still, I think they'll get like eight wins. Because he just throws the DK all the time. like, And I just think they're very very predictable very predictable offensive scheme that teams need to be need to have caught on caught on to by now and uh, cuz i have it's just very simple and i just don't see them being any good in the next few years even like i just don't see it happening they're just, they've slowly gotten worse over the years over the past 3 or 4 years and uh, that's just what i think yeah, I think their window's closing. I remember I made a top five, my top five, six QB uh, rankings, in my opinion. And a lot of people got very mad at me. I think Russell Wilson is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. One of them, yeah. Hear me out. I know Seahawks fans are going to like it. People are going to call me a casual. I watch the NFL. I, I don't know how I'm a casual to some people. He had a great start to the year. I'll give him that. He was the MVP front runner at the start of the yeah, year. Yeah. Through like week four or five, yeah. I think it was the first time they played the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. That made me be like, eh, well, this guy, I don't, I don't know. Like, he kind of had a bad game, but, you know, he's probably still the front runner. You know, every, 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 every quarterback has a bad game. Yeah. Then he started playing terribly. Their offense was so bad. It was so bad. I remember I was watching, I think I was watching the Giants game, and their oh, offense yeah. was so yeah. bad. It was just, it was like. And then you'd add their defense on top of it, and Colt McCoy just shredding them. Yeah, like. A I mean, career backup just shredding your defense that you're depending on getting through the playoffs with. It just not didn't look good. I knew they wouldn't do well in the playoffs from that point. He threw a lot of picks, and some guy brought up, oh, like, what stats did Lamar have or what stats did this quarterback have? I was like, stats don't define every aspect of the sport. If you watch both these quarterbacks play, they literally play each other when Lamar won MVP. Lamar outplayed him with the worst weapons and probably the similar offensive line this year. Like, mm-hmm. I think Tyler Lockett could be a wide receiver one on a team. I think DK Metcalf's more than capable of being a wide receiver one. Seahawks are they're too inconsistent, in my opinion. Yeah. They're way too inconsistent. Like, their defense is good, then their offense is bad, and then if, when they both go bad, it's kind of a collapse. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And my last question, my second and final question, are the NBA refs too soft now? Yes. Yes. It's, it's, this year it's a lot obvious. It was such an obvious answer, but I just see so many, like, sports center posts of people getting ejected. It's like passing the ball to the ref when he's just, he, like, turns away real quick and it hits him in, like, the back and they get all mad and throw him out. I'm just like, bro, y'all need to chill. Like, these are grown men. They're not going to hit you on live television. I mean, I don't know. Gil- Gilbert Arenas might uh, put, put the Glock. Yeah, I'm talking about. Uh, like today's game, though, it's just like it's too much. They get mad over nothing. I I just think that I remember one time Draymond Green was talking to J- James Wiseman. Yeah, and he got ejected for talking to his teammate. Tim mm-hmm. Duncan one time got ejected for laughing on the bench. <laughs> laughing on the bench, and you get ejected for that, like. What? And then the foul calls that they've been calling have been terrible. Um, yes. I think there needs to be more than one challenge. I think there needs to be a similar rule in the NBA, like in the NFL, how, like, all calls are, like, reviewed or, like, looked at and, like, the final 
two minutes, but I think it needs to be like the final five minutes or maybe the fourth quarter. Because in the Sixers game, uh, Royce O'Neal, a jazz guy, jazz player, he jumped out of bounds, or to bounds, his foot didn't touch down, he passed out of bounds, and apparently because I, I guess he made contact with the ref or something like that, he wasn't anywhere close to being out of bounds, he got the pass off. Mm-hmm. They, they gave the ball to the Sixers, which allowed the Sixers to force overtime, which is just bullcrap. They missed an out-of-bounds call against the Mavericks in the Warriors game. They missed, they missed foul calls in that so many fouls I was on Curry in that game when he had like fifty four points. Like uh-huh. it's like I hate ref ball, especially when it ruins good games. When it ruins good games, it is the worst thing ever. Like it infuriates me. <laughs> like bad it is. Like it's like, oh that was a good game, but the refs kinda ruined it. It's like the Packers and the Buccaneers game ruined yeah. the call. I thought it was a pretty good game. I have first-hand experience with that bullshit. I hate that. I have, I have first-hand experience. Just watch the MLB and Angel Hernandez. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. Or Joe Buck. Yeah, Joel. Fuck Joe Buck. I hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, that does it. That's all I got. Follow our Twitter at the Foreigners Force Pod. Follow our Instagram at the Foreigners Force Podcast. Uh, we had a very our largest follower gain of twenty one this past week. So thank you for that. Get to two hundred in that Chili's dinner. Yeah. All right. So that does it for episode twenty two of the Foreigners Force Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, have a good one.